Okay, there's three cameras rolling on this podcast. Yeah. What are no we? No name podcast. The no name podcast. Um, well, that's because we're just going to talk about real shit. David. Let's do it. <laughs> oh my I love it. We're good with it. We're so smart about podcasts. We're talking about filming. <laughs> <laughs> What's the purpose in filming a podcast? Isn't a podcast exactly that it goes out audio only? Some people, I guess, want to sit and watch you talk. Okay. We're going to find out how many. <laughs> well, let's... Evidently a lot. I it's think not like us one either. Mark Coleman. <laughs> we got lots of fans. They're good people. Don't give them crap because they're, they're convicted. They're part of us. They're part of the family. You can make fun of them all you want. Mom might watch because she has to. She's his husband and our mom. She's got to support. <laughs> if I'm on it, she ain't watching. Now, she might watch because you guys are on it, but... Nah, Dan's not here. All right, she doesn't so... Care. To, so it's June, so we're two months away from most people's deer opener, right? Uh, or most August or, or September, uh, September. Or I think there's a lot of deer seasons that start in September. I mean, not a lot, but I know the western states. I know Kentucky, a couple others, New York, New Jersey. I, Eddie was just here. He was telling me that his starts September 1st. So basically, we're like two months away. Deer aren't fully grown, so we're not really talking about antlers and everything, but... Um, the topic came up, or I don't know whether I brought it up or I got it from listening to other people, but it's in thirty year over thirty years now of shooting a bow. This has been a, something that's been talked about forever. I mean, and there's no solution to it, but there, I definitely think that we have an opinion on it, um, and that is, what broadhead do you shoot? biggest controversy there is i i i think it may be the most controversial topic in the industry in the outdoor in the hunting world i think distance could be more distance might be distance or crossbows but crossbows definitely fire up the but then again crossbows fall in that category with traditional archery and compound bows you got training wheels on and all that stuff but everyone has to have a broadhead yeah yeah, which doesn't do. make it. I don't understand why it has to be a controversy either, because everybody's gonna do something different as long as you're doing it ethically. Who cares? Well, that's I guess the, that's part of the. That's what some people try to argue. I think is what's the ethical advantage disadvantage to what particular broadhead? I honestly think the reason that the the broadhead that the discussion about broadheads is even a discussion is because all of us are looking for. Um, we're trying to find something that's going to get rid of our mistakes. That's all there is to it. I don't think we're looking for that. I think some people are saying well, that that's why they at all. That's why we practice as much as yeah, we do. Yeah, exactly. Well, I don't mean that as in we. I, I guess I'm including us in there because we're all wanting to be the most ethical and, and the best shot we can and, and humanely take animals the best we can. I mean, I think that would include everyone. So I say you all. So when I'm saying everyone, I'm saying us included, you want that. So how do you go about doing that? And I do feel like that we do bring, um, I mean, we were just counting it up. We have over 65 years of hunting experience with bows and arrows. We've now, I don't, I didn't count up how many between the three of us that we have shot, but I can say that alone, I've shot over 200. I might even be pushing the 300 mark of big game animals with a bow looked at it and it's well over 300 i think yeah it's over 300 because mine if you count all of the ones that well, we just did that last year if you count all the shots of everything it's like 500 and 
500 and something animals shot that were either, I think it was like 400 and some kills and then another 100 and some hits. And then we had, I can't remember how many misses. Okay, so we're And looking, that was all on film. That okay, wasn't but, stuff outside but if you, video. But if you say that, then right there is saying that you have a 25% or a 20%. Those aren't all us. We have other people that okay, so are filming and everything else. And then, and I mean, we'd have to go look at them case by case to be able to say what all the factors were. But I can tell you the number one factor on every single one that wasn't is the, found and it the, wasn't hit where it was it, supposed to it's be. It's the human. It's the human element. It's not it's the just, bow. It's not the broadhead. It's not the arrow. No, it's the it's, placement. Right. And, and where it was hit. And I think that, and that's a whole nother topic or for another podcast that. I think the biggest topic there that falls into that category is why did they miss most of the time, not all the time, but most of the time is because they're stretching the distance. Yeah. Trying to shoot further. And than, lack of practice. And lack of practice. The amount of people that walk into shields or walk into a bow shop a week before deer season and they haven't touched their bow since last deer season, how can you expect to be a good shot at all? Yeah. I'm, I mean, so no matter what, when we're talking about broadheads, you have to practice with them. I mean, that's just a must, whether so, it's... Well, let's just do it this way. What are you shooting, fixed blades or... Uh, I'm shooting a mechanical. Mechanical. Okay. I shoot a mechanical. And I shoot mechanical. So, now let's ask everybody, now I've shot what's our reasons blades. for shooting mechanical? Well, my mine comes from you guys, because I used to shoot fixed blades. Uh, and I probably have shot more different broadheads than you guys have, because they when I first started hunting, they didn't have mechanicals. It wasn't even an option. So I can probably think of uh, six or eight off the top of my head. I shot muzzies. I shot um, Patriot heads. I, I mean, these are two-blade heads, you know, that you see on traditional stuff. Um, I shot uh, G5s. I shot Wasp. Um, and, again, I'm going back to – I even used to shoot a four-blade Wasp. Sometimes the arrows shot super good. Sometimes they didn't, and you would have to tinker with your bow. You'd have to you have to adjust stuff. You, you well, you're constantly working on um, paper tuning it or just tuning the bow properly, no matter what. And when you're the only person in a family, if you're the only one hunting, that's okay. I don't mind doing that. I don't mind taking the time. I, I, I would tell you though, that's it. not even true all the time. Meaning that because I can't remember. I'm trying to remember what it was. There was some reason a year ago or two years ago that I was trying to get a fixed blade to tune. I can't remember why it was. Um, it was for Alyssa. No, it was on my bow. You were shooting a fixed blade? I was shoot- I was going to shoot a fixed blade for some reason. Oh, probably for your um, recurve. No, it was my oh. compound. Because I remember, the, I don't know. the reason I remember so clearly is because I went out, so my can, arrow, I had bear <laughs> shaft tuned to He remembers so cle- clearly he doesn't know why. Yeah, no, it's because I missed. <laughs> I shot it, I went out at, 30 and figured it'd be close enough and it missed the whole flipping target and i my arrows were bare shaft tuned so anybody out, out there that's going to tell me you don't know what you're doing your stuff wasn't um sighted in your you weren't paper tuned i had arrow i had all my arrows were bare shaft tuned they were paper Which tuned is hard to do yeah, and, and i'm talking bare like perfect and i was shooting 60 <clears throat> three inch with field points. Every time, with field points. Okay. And then I decided I was going to put this fixed blade on there for whatever reason. I can't remember the exact reason that I was doing it. I might have even been just to test it. I can't remember exactly what it was that I was trying to do. And so I shot at this block target at, like, 30, and it completely flipping missed. And then I was pissed because, like, what the hell? 
And so then I went back and I uh, I figured it was just one broadhead. There's something wrong with the broadhead. So I grabbed another one and I went up. Now I scooted up this time. So I started at 30 and I shot at like 20 and it was like five inches left. Did you check them at like spin them or anything before yeah, you shot them? Perfect. Hmm. Spun perfect. And then I and shot the right grain. Yeah. I mean, well, I, you know me with archery stuff. I know. I'm just asking I, the questions that but, other people are going to ask because okay, I'm curious too. And I, and I think that is going to be the common denominator, the common, the most common uh, scenario that listeners are going to hear and they're going to go, yep, that, that, I've had that happen. And that is you're shooting a uh, field point and you sight your bow in, you get your bow all set up, and, I mean, everything's dialed in, whether the, the um, – archery shop tuned it for you whether you tuned it yourself whether a buddy did or maybe you didn't tune it at all but you got your bow shooting where you wanted to the sights are there and then all of a sudden you slap a broadhead on there and it's not hitting where you want and you didn't change anything and that's the most irritating thing in that, the world absolutely and especially if you're meticulous about your stuff once you get yeah. it set you don't want to have to move it well at that, all. that's kind of what led our family down the mechanical road not not kind of that is what really led us there I had heard about mechanicals. I had seen mechanicals. I had heard all the horror stories. It's a mechanical. It has something that moves on it. It could fail. And I was like, why would I ever want to implement something like that into what is already a lot of possible failures in archery? Not yep. getting close enough. Not, you know, a gajillion things. And then one day what happens is, and this was before you might have been born, but you weren't shooting a bow yet. But Warren was shooting at the time, and he was getting close to hunting season. And I want to say, I don't know if it was your first hunting season, first or second. So it was probably close to 15 years ago, 10 years, 12 years ago. But you and mom both were shooting phenomenal. And I mean, for a 12-year-old kid to be shooting 40 yards, even though I wouldn't let you shoot that far you at an animal. You give me credit. I was shooting a bow yeah. at that time. Oh, yeah, you were shooting at that time, but you weren't hunting. You weren't getting ready. We didn't put broadheads on. You weren't on shooting you. a bow yet. Okay. Well, I meant you weren't hunting. <laughs> so we get everything set. You guys have been shooting all summer long. And not wanting to be the guy you mentioned earlier, we're going to slap, bo- uh, slap, slap broadheads on a month before and just see how they shoot, and then we can make slight adjustments if needed. I remember this. Both, that the fairgrounds, right? Yep. yep. And both you and Mom. <laughs> see, that's how That's how. Yeah, you can I remember anything with hunting. You can't remember anything one. else. Yeah, now ask him if he remembers where he missed, because yeah. I do remember which way you <laughs> missed, because you and Mom were, were exact opposite. I was left, like you, three inches left. You were high left. Mom was low right, and I don't know if that had to do with the fact that she's left-handed and you're right-handed, but either one was the first arrow is like, what's going on? Okay, shoot a field point. Both of you shot. I mean, I had you go back and forth and and do it field point first, broadhead first, then opposite of that. So that, and then I got, we even, I was like, all right, don't tell them, because maybe that's what's going on is they're thinking it's a broadhead. This is going to be different. How are you not going to tell them that? They have just a don't look on? at. I didn't let them look. I would put the arrow on for them, and they wouldn't look at it. And I'm like, okay, just as soon as I give you this, you're going to come to full draw and shoot. I mean, they could have cheated, but there's no reason to. We're trying to solve something here, and yep. both of you were shooting not consistent. You both of you were shooting consistent, but not consistently where your field points were flying. And at that point, I was like, okay, now I got three of us going to be four eventually that I got to tune these bows all to get to fly these. And and I watched the two of you when I said, this is what most people would do. We'll just adjust your bow so that we'll adjust your sight so that your bow shoots your broadheads fine and don't worry about it. You're good to go then. And in doing so, then your field points are off. And I took both of your guys' confidence and just absolutely flushed it down the toilet. 
We had we had months of all, all summer shooting extremely well. Both of you were hitting exactly what you wanted to. I was happy with where you guys were shooting. You were it dialed in. And now you couldn't hit the broad side of a barn because we had one broadhead shooting one place. Even though they were con- shooting, they were shooting consistently. The broadheads were. They were all high left for you, all low right for mom. Um, but that was that was what it was. You yeah, know? So then you either have to shoot broadheads all the time, or Absolutely. you have to shoot your uh, shoot your field points, knowing that they're off. Yeah, or I mean, so in real world now, you could tune your bow. But I'm all I'm saying is I've done all that because you know what I did after I missed and couldn't get him to hit. I came back. And I shot it through freaking paper again. It's Everything. Yeah, you'll question And it was yourself, still there. For sure. What's the theory if you're going to tune your your fixed blades, you tune them and everything. When I go through a hunting season, even if I am if I haven't killed anything, it's, what, two, three months, depending on where you're at, you have a long hunting season. And I tend to be able to be the one that's last couple <laughs> days. Okay? If I'm going three months without shooting well, my bow to practice. Shoot, you only hunt after dunes. Whatever. I hunt mornings now, too. <laughs> Okay, but if, I, if I'm down to the wire in three months, that or that's a three-month time span there where I'm not practicing at all, I'm going to sit there. I'm going to I'm going to get my broadheads where they're shooting well, and then you're telling me that throughout that whole entire season you don't practice at all, or are you only practicing with your broadheads? Because I, when I come back from a lot of times when I if I hunt a morning and I'm going to hunt the evening, I have a couple hours there in a downtime on a weekend. I go outside and I put a block target out and I shoot. I practice. Yep. Because I don't want to go should. three months without practicing. But yeah. if I ha- with the broadheads I shoot, I know they shoot exactly like my field points. So I don't have to change. I don't or keep shooting the same blades and have to resharpen them or switch them. So what's the theory behind if you do have to adjust your bow to get it set properly with those broadheads? How are you supposed to practice? Well, so that's what we need a hardcore. We need a hardcore fixed blade guy here because he's going to tell you <coughs> that he's going to tune his bow to the. To get it where his broadheads, his fixed blades, and his um, field points are shooting fine, exactly set, the same. Exactly and I would tell him, that's fine. There's, I got no problem with that. But now I'm going to tell you that the average dude, the average guy out there. How many guys can do that? Is not going to spend the time. That's yes. Or the knowledge. Who cares, though? though? If they want to do that, that's fine. I mean, I think they should do that. That's great. Is What I'm saying is the average guy, the guy that's middle of the road, he is not one. He doesn't have the – he probably doesn't have a press. He doesn't have – the knowledge, he doesn't understand Camly, he doesn't understand any of those things to be able to even Start tinker with that adjustments. stuff in the first place. Yeah, he, maybe he's going to f- pop his rest over to the left. Then he's really going to have a cluster on his hands. You know that I'm experienced, though, with that stuff, too, learning from you guys. I don't think I could sit down right now and take a fixed blade with one arrow and a field point with one arrow and make them both shoot the same. I think I'd have to pick one. I don't know if I'd be talented Sometimes. enough to be able to sit there and Sometimes tinker with it enough to figure out how they're oh both yeah, going to shoot the same. I believe you could. Yeah, if you needed just, to, you would. It could just take a long time. But this but. is why there's Jiffy Lube, Speedy Lube, and all those places because people don't want to change their oil anymore. Some of it, you can't even do it anymore. Some of it, you can't even find the oil filter. It's no different with archery. And that is some of this stuff is just over people's heads, and yet they still want to do it. So do we exclude them because they can't get this set up and That's set properly? I, I think that your average guy, so one – to all the dudes that do do that and they take the time to Hats more power to, to them, I yeah. have respect for you. Got nothing wrong with. I think that's great, and I think that everybody should do that. But the fact is, most won't. So for well, the average on. dude, it's, I don't think but, it's but, most but, won't. I think it's some don't have the avenues to be able to. Yeah, but, that's probably. But true. there's a bigger question: Do we need to? No, I don't think you do. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't feel like I'm giving up anything 
by shooting a ex- mechanical broadhead. Is, is who I'm referring broadhead. to, though, we're talking about the top 10% of people right now. I'm referring to the 70% of hunters that are going to spend probably three to 10 days in the field a year. We're talk, Right now, we're talking about guys that are going to spend 30-plus days a right. uh they're the ones that take the off their, their one month of vacation. Yeah, or they quit season. their job, yeah. <laughs> you know, David, <laughs> <laughs> to go hunting. Quit their job for the season. So the rest of them, you have to look at what people are telling them. You need to go and do all of this stuff in order to kill a deer or kill an elk, and that's BS. Now, I do think that there's, like, barriers, right? Like, I would not go tell a woman that's pulling 45 pounds with a 26-inch draw length to shoot an expandable. Personally, I think that she should probably be shooting a fixed blade. And I think that from my own experience with my own girlfriend and um, some stuff that I've that she shot with an expandable that we didn't get penetration that we needed to. But at Dude the same time, your average person to be able to open yeah, the blade. We just didn't have we weren't just getting just weren't getting enough kinetic energy. Uh, well we well I mean I was just gonna say my we, first turkey. His first turkey, the first ex- and second best turkey. Yeah. Or the best they literally bounced Example. off. I yeah. mean, and that was, and but the, the only person's fault that was was mine because I was the one that decided what broadhead went on there. Mm-hmm. The moment that we put a fixed blade broadhead on your arrow, you killed the next turkey you shot. But granted, at the same time too, the ones we were shooting were rear expanding because we want them yeah. to, which is going to give you less kinetic energy to get through, as opposed to one that just like a slip cam. Slip cam. But at so the same time, I don't do think that if that I did a slip point. cam. I don't think if I even had a slip cam on because I was shooting what 35, 40 pounds. I don't if remember that. now, but right around. I was like 40. ten years old. I don't think I. It, I don't think it mattered what kind of mechanical I had on. I think we would have still had the same issues as far as. I, I think off. we just didn't have enough kinetic energy. Period. Regardless of what broadhead. <clears throat> in Except a mechanical for the fixed blade. Yeah. I mean, had having to have something that could cut on impact, as soon as it hit there, that's what made the difference. Because yep. you didn't hit the two turkeys in any different spot. I mean, literally, the video shows the turkey. Fall over. Knocks the, well, that one falls. But I'm talking about the one that spreads just, its yeah, wings and just and knocks the, the arrow off, you know. so We should talk about that real quick, though. So you said the reverse opening ex- expandables. Yeah. So the reason Easton's saying that is because I don't know when you developed that theory. But at some point, Dad discovered that if he shot turkeys with a reverse opening expandable, it wouldn't. Didn't you, penetrate as far. You wouldn't get a pass through. So I've seen and a whole bunch of these videos. Through. We right. wanted to keep the because where you shoot your turkeys, we wanted to right. be able to keep because I also don't the shoot arrows them in them. Right. Yes, I'm, I'm shooting them in the legs. So there's a whole bunch of these videos on YouTube where they are getting the most penetration on their penetration tests with reverse opening expandables. Right. So I would like to. We're gonna have to do a test on that somehow at some point. And I think a lot of times because they're shooting it through a piece of plywood or something, and it's not something continuously in something because we shoot. Turkeys with a slip cam and they blow oh, through blow like through butter. Them. Yeah, you shoot them with a reverse opening, and, and most of the time our arrows are sticking in them, which is what we want. Yeah, exactly. Actually, what I'm shooting right now, I've show I've told you the past two deer I've shot have been both mature bucks, and I've blown through them completely and stuck in the ground on the other side. And I shot uh, a turkey with uh, rear expanding this year with you, mm-hmm. and it didn't even get halfway through. Right. And, it, and I, I guess it got down to about like. That much left, and that was at fledges. four yards. And that was at four yards, and it didn't like you would think that if I can pass through a mature buck, it should go right through. But that's where I think a, a lot a turkey, of pe- a lot of people don't understand the anatomy and what's there, the feathers, the bone structure. I mean, when you try to tell someone that a turkey that that wing butt is harder possibly than the shoulder of an elk, 
they're going to look at you like you're crazy, you know, and, and that's where the whole broadhead thing, the bigger the animal, the more argument you're going to get that you shouldn't be using an expandable. And I don't know how many elk now over, over 20, um, between the two of us, he hasn't been on his first elk hunt yet. Hunting. I've Uh, been. Yeah, but you haven't shot. So, but anyhow, we probably have 30, maybe more. I probably have more than that. I guess I just want to make sure that I'm not overstating, but all but maybe five of the bulls that I've killed have all been killed with an expandable broadhead. Um, I've had pass-throughs with them. You had a pass-through just last year. And I think part of this is the, the some of the part of the argument, part of the discussion that's coming up is because I, I like I've Googled um, what's the deadliest broadhead. And there's actually an answer for that on on the Internet. And it's and it's wrong. I'm not saying it's wrong, but there's a there's a broadhead. It's the annihilator broadhead comes up. If somebody that doesn't understand hunting reads that, they think that there's been something done, that that's why that is the most deadliest broadhead. And it's not. It's simply a company that found a way to own that. Unless they understand keywords and stuff. That's, that's all that is. is that's just keywords. Yeah, okay, but imagine. so back up. And for the person that's gonna that would argue this, and I even asked you this earlier, with all the elk that you shot, you shot with a mechanical <clears throat> broadhead. Anybody that's watched the show has probably seen your one episode, determination or whatever it's called. Yep. I lost an elk. The, the, you found it eventually. Six days. But it took you six days to find it. Yep, and I shot that bull with a mechanical broadhead. So why why do you think that a mechanical? The reason didn't that fail? I don't blame the broadhead is because where I put the shot, and that was I tried I heart shoot I try to shoot the top of the heart on all my big game animals, so I'm aiming at the lower third, the top of the lower third, and so that puts me right on. And I mean I'm hugging the shoulder as close as I can be so that I have as much room for error. I hugged it so close that I actually hit the knuckle. And, and the only reason that I'm able to know this is because once I found the bull six days later and he's completely annihilated as far as, um, you know, he's lost. I, I don't. Him, yeah. yeah. So but, where did it come out? Just so people understand where, okay, they, so, where they so the bull, and where it came out. Bull, the bull came to me. I'm, I shoot him at, uh, I think it was like 12 yards, 14 yards, perfectly broadside on the ground. I thought he wasn't quartered to just May, a touch. Maybe just a very, very slight, okay. but not not. Like not, I wouldn't call him quarter two. You wouldn't two. typically take a shot on a quartering two. I would elk never take either, a shot so on a quarter two elk. I mean, and he's not really quarter two. That's what I'm saying. He, I mean, if anything, he's walking by me, and I have an opening there. And I mean, I had other openings. I just chose that one. So I shoot this bull. Arrow goes in. You think it goes right through the heart. It actually the fletchings bury in, and you think, and that's what I'm, that's what threw us off on finding him. Was we kept going. Why is he? Why is he alive? And we watched the bull for two hours before we backed out and left him overnight. Come to find out, to answer your question, Warren, when I finally find the bull six days later and he's completely, and, and I don't want to say he's completely because there was one side was all eaten, all the guts and everything are gone, but he was preserved the side where the arrow went in and the arrow was still in him and it was lodged in it. So I shot him on his left side. The arrow was lodged into his ham on his right side. Okay. So the back end. severe glance. Oh, it was like through the whole body of the elk. And yeah. the reason why we didn't have any blood to follow because is because the entire arrow was still in the bull. The only thing that broke off was about six inches, including the fletchings, which was what didn't go in. And that's what you found, right? That's what we found. And then I found the rest when I got there. Well, anyhow, even with him as stinky as he was and everything, I, I got to figure this out. So I started moving guts around and started pushing stuff away, and I can see the shoulder of, of this bull where it went in is chipped. I mean, it's like a cut perfectly. 
that broadhead hit that knuckle on there. And I don't believe it to this day. I'm not going to blame the broadhead. Uh, I think that one, I, I'm, I'm not positive, but I think that was an actual rage broadhead that I shot that with um, a slip cam, like the yep. three blade um, that slides back and it hit that shoulder and then glanced back. I believe if I would have shot him with a fixed blade broadhead, it would have done the same thing because be of the very edge that I caught like that. One of those one in a million type things yep. where you caught it at just the right angle that it wouldn't matter. Wouldn't matter. Even even if you let's just say even it didn't it didn't do that, it didn't glance back. I don't know that I think you can shoot the knuckle on an elk with whatever you want. You're not going through, go it. through that. No, yeah. You're not I mean it's I mean, like the wing butt up. Yeah, it's, it's freaking hard. Solid. Uh yep. Now, I did have two glance, though. I have two expandable Absolutely. stories yep. where I do believe it was a broadhead. And that's which, the only broadhead that I would specifically bring out yeah, that I would say that we had an issue that with. That rage hypodermic. Yep. Rage hypodermic was the only one, and I loved it because it, it just looked cool. You know, right. it just looked nasty. <laughs> of and then that's why he picks that one. <laughs> well, then it would spin really good and everything, too, just because so oh, yeah, it like was, you know, the surgical thing. Well, that one deer that I shot behind the um, – I guess that was the one after, was after you and I killed that one down there behind the house. Uh, so that one was you and I, mm-hmm. 30 and yards, and I hit him right on the edge of that right. knuckle. Uh, so did we, I hit so him in that knuckle? Yeah, oh, you're talking about no, your 10? So we, blame, we, we weren't sure. Yeah. At that point, yep. we were giving it the same as possibly my elk shot. You hit him like right there, right, behind, right well, on the heart. But that one had blood like no other. It did for that, about 100. That's the one that me and him went and found, right? Yes. yes. With Ryan? Yeah. You guys bumped him. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and so okay, but my point is, is that we still didn't blame the broadhead at that point. We got to preface that for people because they may have no idea what we're talking about right now. So, so I had a deer coming at thirty yards. This is an Iowa buck. This is not like a hundred and fifty hundred and fifty pound deer. We're probably looking at a two hundred plus on the hoof. Yeah, uh, really nice deer, like right at right under one sixty. I shot him at thirty yards, hit him. And what Dad and I thought was absolutely perfect. Well, and the video looks perfect, too. Yeah, you I mean, on video. That, it looks gorgeous. Yeah. And, and it's perfectly. And so did the blood trail when we started. Yeah, yeah. He was perfectly broadside. Like, could not have been. there. You can watch the video. And look at, there's no question on the angle of his deer. And so then when you and I went to go get him, I think is when we, the first time I got nervous was when, when Dad and I were following blood, and I was on blood, and he was somewhere else, and. I can't remember if you said something to me or if I said something to you, but one of us said to the other one, what are you doing? The blood's over here. And the other one said, well, I'm on blood too. And so that, at that time I got nervous because I was like, okay, well, something's not. This deer should already be dead. How far apart were you guys? Here. At that point, like 15 yards, one was going so one way, definitely one was going like the other. He had to have circled back or yeah, done he was something because he's not going to spray that far. Right. Yeah, there was yeah. a creek bed. And so yep. he ran to the right, and then he, and he hit the creek bed, decided he didn't want to cross it there came back, and then it was then got on the blood trail, and Dad had just basically undercut it. Yep. And so then, and I think we went, I don't know, another 50 or 60 yards, and then we decided, okay, we better go look at the video or something. Well, or then we, we, hear something? we heard him blow one time. That's and we didn't know if it was the deer or, you know, but the blood was headed that way, so we <laughs> backed out at that point. But we, yep. so, so the answer to that is we found that deer. Okay, we, you killed him. We found him the next day. We thought maybe the broadhead might have glanced. But at the same time, I'm saying we can't blame a broadhead if, if, you hit the shoulder. if you hit the shoulder or something like that. And then I don't know if it was a week or two weeks later, but you and I were in the tree again. This time you're trying to hunt, kill a doe. And you shot that doe. And I had to leave, if you remember, yep. because I, was, I had to be somewhere. 
And so he shoots a doe with the same broadhead, same hypodermic. And, I mean, we're expecting, I'm expecting a phone call from you that says, I went over the hill and she was right there. Well, she should have gone and fell over. Yeah, I mean, it was, because that one was like 15 yards. Yeah, and it hit her perfect. And it came out back. That one did. I did go find her. She was right. She didn't go very far still. But that one, I was able to confirm, glanced off of a rib. Right. On a doe. And I was Which pulling is, 70. Should not be happening. Yeah. Uh, so that's the only, at least for me personally, that's the only two scenarios, and it was one broadhead that I could ever attribute to. And I, the and I believe that, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a physicist. Mm. I believe the reason is that is exactly what they're selling the hypodermic on that has that hypodermic point. It's little tiny that, point. The, how, none of the other blades are like that. Right. Well, but it starts, it does not start into a wound channel when the blade's open. So, therefore, it's subject to glance because it's just a little pinpoint starting to go in there. So, it has just a fraction of a second to kick one way or the other. But both of those are assuming that it got to the deer before opening or anything. A lot of, oh, I've yeah. heard, so I've heard horror stories of uh, people saying that they open in flight. Beforehand. One of your guys, Eli, your guys' mm-hmm. camera guy, I just talking to him about it. And he said that, uh, he said he shot a rage one time. And it flew right over its back. You could watch it open up. Flew right over 160-inch deer. He's like, at 20 yards. He's a good shot. So where does this come from? And I said, what rage was it? He goes, hypodermic. I said, okay. That's the only thing I would ever say. I would never trust that specific broadhead. But at the same time, so he's had multiple issues with that broadhead. And he shot them, and they've had issues where they've opened up before they even got there. And so it soared over that specific one. That one's back. And he still willing to try different broadheads as far as mechanicals and stuff too. But that is one specific, like that's like saying that if I have this. I don't want to call Eli out, but I don't understand how that's happened because we've had hundreds. I've never had one open on me in in air yet. Not one. I've never had one either. That's probably a a lack of understanding on the collar system. Well, the collar system is Mm. definitely an issue if you don't understand it. Because they've made it a little more complicated now, I think, with having that plastic collar on the back end instead of. But it's that that's much why more that secure. No collar would be better. Yeah, See, no I I liked what you did with broadheads with right, the braces yeah. rubber band thing. You you'd used to go to Warren Warren had braces. You'd go and grab a whole right. bunch of rubber bands, and yeah. instead of having to use those collars on the back, you put those over top of the blades, you and then when it, you, you shoot put it, it on there with that, wouldn't it? I did. Have yeah, both. you had both. Yeah, the the O ring. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So well, they I used had to have the collar the on there, and then I I just slipped the braces. But that's band that's right before over they ever had the plastic collars that they do now. No, I had both. Since when they've had them that long? Mm-hmm. Oh, see, I thought they just had the O rings. The it, well, that's what it used to. We used to shoot them with the O ring and then the rubber band on top of the blades. But but let me. I mean, with what Warren just said, I've never had one open. But at the same time, I'm checking my equipment every single time I pull a broadhead out. I got to look at it. That's the that's worth it to me to be able to know that if I keep it closed, that the flight is going to be exactly right. Okay, so I, I'm willing to, but you do have to watch them, putting them in a quiver, taking them out of a quiver, walking with, you know, if you're following up on a shot or you're spotting and stalking, you got to watch that broadhead because it could yeah. get caught on something and open. There's certain guys that should probably use fixed blades just because they are just prone to anything. Yeah. Like, like our buddy Marty, <laughs> Marty needs a fixed blade because he's just not, he's just so rough on stuff that, that, Guaranteed that a blade is going to be open before he ever even gets the full draw. You won't even it's notice just, either. That's what I'm saying. Some guys, like, if you know you're like that and you're just always bumping through the woods and everything, just 
just but they figure out how to tune and they don't, they, explain they, on there. They don't make a broadhead with safety <laughs> rails. Yeah, Marty, I know. <laughs> Marty needs safety rails. You were you were giving me crap last year because every time I get in a stand, it's a habit. I get in, and when I take that first arrow out to knock it, I'll sit down and I spin it on spin my hand yeah. every single time. He's like, "Did you not check it before you put in your quiver?" I said, "I did. I just paranoid. I want to make sure it's good." So, so I did. I've had one failure, and it was human error though, and that was I shot a deer with a with a expandable broadhead. I cleaned it out because that's all I felt like I needed to do, and I cleaned the arrow. I took the broadhead off, put a new broadhead on it, and I set it in our garage, and I set it with the broadhead down. So any water or anything that was in the arrow ran down, and I didn't realize it, and it basically got into that broadhead and coagulated. And so therefore, I ca- so then later on what ends up happening is I didn't shoot that arrow at the deer the first time. I shot a deer, and I didn't kill it. I didn't make a good shot. It wasn't broadhead's fault. It was my fault. So I'm making a follow-up shot. So did it not open or something? Well, the follow-up shot, when I get there, I find <coughs> the deer is bedded and he can't get up. So I just decided I'm going to shoot him again rather than wait on him to die. So I snuck around to where I could get a good broadside shot, and I shot him. He doesn't get out of his bed. But when I walk over, the hole that's there is obviously a broadhead that did not open. And then the broadhead was on the other side of him in the ground, and it still hadn't opened. And I was like, oh, boy. But when I went to open it, because now I'm thinking I got my first broadhead failure here, you know, yeah. I can't open it. I mean, like, I like it's hard enough that I'm afraid if I keep doing this, I'm going to cut myself. Yeah. So I finally got a pair of pliers and pried it apart, and you could see the blood in there. And then I realized what I had done. Rusted. It stuff. was it was blood. It was just the blood from it got shooting in, it before I mean, and from other... shooting it before. Yeah. So that kind of – so going with what you just said a minute ago, Warren, is we're talking 300 – out of the 300, probably 200 of them have been shot with a mechanical broadhead and not one failure. Okay. So now I feel like my opinion in then is as long as I'm careful with this equipment that I'm paying attention to it, it's going to treat me good, but I got to pay attention to it. That's the, that's the downside of the mechanical broadhead to the, to the fixed blade broadhead. Cause with a fixed blade broadhead, I don't have to pay that much attention to it unless you're using um, replacement blades and they and because I've seen that too someone it slides out a little bit and the blade falls out and they got a two blade broadhead and they can't shoot it because it's supposed to be a three blade so do you think you lose anything you personally either one of you are you losing anything say if you did shoot a shoulder because you're shooting mechanical versus a fixed blade not one bit because I'll no. tell you right now what did Hershey come back as Six five five. People don't know who Hershey is. <coughs> I'm gonna explain that. But okay. I was asking. He, he always remembers the age of my deer. I can never remember him. We age all of our deer, obviously right. too. But so Hershey was a deer that I think we knew him for two or three years, and two, he I found his shit. Yeah, you did. That's right. Two years, and he was the only deer I didn't want to shoot. Absolute unit though. He's a beautiful deer, a lot of character, but he's a huge body. We thought that when we shot him, he was probably what seven. Yeah, he, he looked like, like his really old. his antlers were like super super heavy and like short and stubby like I've never seen on a deer. His body was absolutely gigantic. He looked scarred up and old. Anyways, he comes in at I think I shot him at like seven yards. I rattle him in, and I shoot him behind me, and he was quartering towards me, so not hard, but I mean enough where I knew I was gonna have to put my arrow through that first front shoulder, and he's at enough of an angle where I'm gonna hit his that shoulder plate basically, mm-hmm. and I knew though that. I had, so I'm shooting 470 grain arrows with a 29 and a half inch draw length and 470 grain arrows. I'm still shooting the what? 70 pounds. 70 pounds at like 310 feet per second. So that's right. a 
freaking it's a it's a punch gonna hit it with a three blade mechanical and when I shot him I tell you what it went right through his the front shoulder hit the back of the back shoulder because he's angled towards me goes right behind it and stuck in the ground the other way and he ran 50 yards and died so I think right right there that's a mechanical broadhead and I shot it through bone 100% you can even hear it and it's stuck in the ground the other side well I think that right there is the biggest misconception I think, what? I think what you just said about the shoulder plate. So I think oh, that this the is reason, a whole nother podcast. It is, right here. but this is the reason all these guys are doing <clears throat> what they're saying. The reason all these guys are making seven hundred grain arrows and they're shooting fixed blade broadheads and it, is they're all terrified of hitting the shoulder. Yep. Okay, I don't think that. No the, offense, if you guys are the ones the listening, shoulder. I don't think they understand <laughs> where the shoulder is. The joint is where they think it is. That that knuckle that we're talking about. But people, I think there's this misconception. What you're talking about is when he's quartered to you at the top of his, almost the top of his back, really, there's a shoulder plate. Mm-hmm. People think that shoulder plate comes. Is what covers everything. Covers, yeah. Like, yeah. they think that there's a line from that knuckle uh, all the way up to the spine of a shoulder plate. And if they hit that, they have to have the penetration. Well, I'm here to tell you there's nothing there. Okay, to be fair, though, it, it wasn't until, like, six months or a year ago. Yes. Where we're looking at. Right, no. anatomy like no other. Right. We've now looked at deer we laying on the a ground. We created the 3D model of vitals. We have the 3D yes. model with the, the skeletal structure yes. in it, and we're looking at this, and we're like, "Hold on a minute, this has been we sixty years of plus of people videos. saying, yeah, because yeah, it was just something yes. we were talking about. I was like, wait, this doesn't really line up. Sixty years plus of bow hunting of people telling you where to shoot. Oh, I even I, more than that. Probably. I believe that the internet is filled with stuff that has the wrong. Where the, where, the where, sh- to, where to shoot yeah. and that kind of stuff. But but that but that right there, if you as soon as you learn that, then all of a sudden, so then too, it makes a lot of sense on why all these guys think that think that they're getting these, they're shooting horrible. through both shoulders right. all the time because See, there's I, nothing there. Yep, and that's that's what I thought this. So the deer I shot this year is, I, I mean, I shot him forward. I I had to have hit some form of bone at some point, but it was only I had one little hole and he was perfectly broadside. When I shot him, it passed through as well. But any other time before we had just figured this out, I would have thought that I went through both shoulders. Like 100%, no doubt. It was where you shoot where his knuckle comes up. I was like two inches above it. So, And I'm sitting there thinking this whole time in life that that's the shoulder. There's no way you're going to get through that very easily at least. Well, Hershey was a year previous. We did it with that one. And then once we – that one we know was through the shoulder because we looked at it. That deer this year was another mature deer. And – any other time, I would have thought that it was through your shoulder, and it's not. And it's 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 right where that crease is, just forward. Well, let's where they're telling that, you not that, to that's shoot. That's a whole different podcast. Yeah, it is. Uh, but it is. I'm just we saying could it go on. For, I <laughs> yes. think it contributes to why some of these guys are so <clears throat> adamant that they that you need to be shooting a fixed blade, and that you're. I think that's just a big driver. Well, that's I, all I'm saying. Well, I I disagree in some regard, and that is, I think that the biggest driver is that people are looking for something that makes up for a bad shot. And it just doesn't exist. Yeah. yeah but how many people are shooting a mechanical, though, to make up for a bad shot? Because you have twice the cutting diameter. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're hoping that if, in case I don't hit where I'm supposed to, I got more cutting diameter, I'll still catch what I want, which is is a, a upside to shooting a, a mechanical broadhead, mm-hmm. where a fixed blade is, okay, it's going to open. It's guaranteed. to. It's already open. It's already ready yeah. to go. So there's that. So if I take – I do think that there is some degree of – something that yes you could take a dip more hard quartering shot kind of deal with a fixed blade broadhead than you can with a, an expandable because in theory 
I haven't had it, and maybe it's that I don't take those shots, you know. And that's, I don't. That's a whole other thing too. What, the shots that we are taking, right? Are, uh, I mean, we're not taking risky shots. No, we're, we're gonna let them walk. If we if we have a doubt in our mind that it's not, it doesn't matter what broadhead we have there. We're not relying on that to be able to kill yeah. our animal. Well, you shouldn't be trying to build arrows to shoot stuff in the leg either, though. Yeah. Well. Right. And and so that's where it comes is that everyone's <clears throat> looking for, and then or the other one is after the fact. So after the fact is. We just made a bad shot, and none of us want to own it and say, I made a bad shot. And, you know, we always want to say, oh, it must have been the broadhead. The broadhead is why this kicked back. I mean, I could blame that on – I could say, look where my arrow went in on this elk, and the whole thing is the broadhead. It wasn't the broadhead. It was flat out just where I hit him. That, I mean – That's the first thing you taught us, shooting. I uh, The first thing I remember was if you're going to change your sight, you better make sure you're shooting at least two or three arrows where it's at because you you'll find them everywhere. You go to an archery oh, yeah. range, and you're sitting there, and you watch a guy almost every shot is changing his sight because he hits a little left. Oh, I need to change his sight. Hitting a little right. Oh, I can't get this bow to shoot well. It's just a piece of crap. Okay, well, is it the bow or is it you? Absolutely. Because the bow is most likely, if it's set up right, doing the same thing every time. Yeah. You're not. You're not going to be the same exact thing every time. No matter how good of a shot you are, there's always going to be a little bit of – My goal is a month. I want to be able to go out and shoot one arrow every day a month before the season, and it's within an inch of where I want to hit at, yeah. at the furthest, at my furthest effective range. So you only got, you got one shot. Yeah. And then, then in my opinion, my bow is sighted in and I have a whole note log that I make, that I make notes on. So if I was an inch left, you then if, that down if there's the three day. days in a row that I was an inch left, okay, now I'll allow myself to move it yep. two inches or whatever. But I think, too, it makes you – it forces you to – that arrow matters. Yeah. You know, and that, that's another reason I shoot an expandable just because most of the time expandables are going to be more accurate than a, than a fixed blade. And for me, I don't want to have to try to be spending a month getting See, a fixed blade ready, too. That's another point we've kind of <clears throat> jumped over, too, with – I mean, we've touched it. But uh, a mechanical flies – Pretty much like a field point. Yeah, you can put that on there. Pretty, and you, you, well, you sh certainly should shoot them. That's, well, that's not why they give you the practice blades. We're not telling you not to shoot them. You want to shoot those broadheads. No, those practice blades are perfect. Is that you put those, first off, they spin great, which a lot of fixed blades spin great too. But you put that practice blade on there, and it's exactly, that's what we're talking about with the accuracy. We're not having to set up. We're not having to change the tuning and everything, reset our bow in completely. And, and we're not... We're not here to argue that manufacturers, because I've pulled broadheads out of a box that were four grains difference mm -hmm. from each other. And I've seen it, and I've seen that on mechanicals, and I've seen that on fixed blades. So You know when, that, you know when you're too. shooting a cheap broadhead, though. Right. Yeah. Like, if you ordered off Alibaba, your broadhead is probably not the one that you should be <laughs> concerned about. <laughs> right. Uh, well, mine failed. Okay, well, I, I wonder why. why. I certainly hope that the Alibaba's not watching right now. They huh? are not listening to this podcast. Yeah. They're like, what the heck? We just lost all our sales. We don't, yeah, get, we don't sure. care what the Chinese no, so, government but Warren brings up <laughs> Warren brings up a good point um, that, you know, if when you do go to buy broadheads, go from a trusted source. You know, go to your archery shop. Go to an online, you know, something somewhere, somewhere that you know. Yeah, you know? I, I'll tell you, that cost Alyssa 150 some inch deer because she pulled that, and hopefully she doesn't listen to this because now I just you know she's going to listen for a week. <laughs> you know she is. Well, she did that and ordered Knox from. Oh, uh, those from lighted Knox that she ordered? Stupid China Knox. She kept telling me about, you need to get these. And then these. her, what deer was that? That her, I don't remember which one. Oh, it was that big freaking eight. That's what one, one it was. 
150-inch yeah, yeah, H. Yeah, over, yeah, yes, 150-inch yeah. H. She's a full draw, and, and, arrow falls and off I'm telling race. her, I'm anytime, 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 anytime. And I turn around, and she's like, hey, I need help. Hey, 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 whatever. And I turn around, and the arrow's off, and it's, like, up in her bow because she bought these stupid Chinese knocks, and they it didn't set in her string correctly. And she hadn't been shooting them because they were her hunting arrows. She thought they were the same. And so they freaking here. I have a 150-inch deer at, at 12 yards that we couldn't shoot because we saved $4. So yeah. you even yeah, that even comes down to knocks and stuff, too. It's not just about what's on the end of it. You need to shoot that, too. The if you're going to put thing. lighted knocks on there, <clears throat> it's going to shoot different than your factory knocks. Yeah. They're a lot bigger. They're bulkier. They're going to have sure. more grain. You need to be able to practice with that as well. So. I'm surprised she didn't. Sh- she's pretty meticulous about that stuff normally, I would think. Well, I think going on what, what Warren's yeah, saying, Mr. though, Horror. is like that month that you're talking about, you want everything shooting the same. That means you don't change anything. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that you might be doing is putting a new broadhead on there. and it, Preferably I mean, that's flying better, like if you get one that's not. Well, we spin test ours. I mean, it's not foolproof, but it does <coughs> tell me whether I got a good connection to the arrow, which and then I'm trusting because I do not shoot my broadheads, I don't practice with them once and then plan to go hunt with them. I want them as sharp as they possibly yep. can be when I go in the field. But I do shoot with a, a practice I blade. shoot a pra- practice blade that and and I will say this that I have pulled out practice heads from all the different companies and found one that I felt like weighed within one or two grains of the rest of them so that I knew I was shooting the same one at each time. Yeah, we keep you always had a bunch of I them had a bunch of them and, around, yeah. and you but anyhow, so so I think what we're talking about, though, is, you know, so here's that person going out to buy a broadhead for the first time. To, and, and I think that you're actually seeing a, lot, a big push, and I think it's wrong. I've, I'm flat against it, of people saying, don't buy mechanical broadheads. You've got to be shooting a fixed-blade broadhead. If you're going to big game hunt, you need to do that. And I'm here to tell you that I will stand beside it and say, no, as long as you are educate yourself and you've done things correctly, you can shoot a mechanical broadhead, and you're going to be just do just as well as if, if you're pulling enough poundage. If you're pulling you, enough and poundage, and but that's also drawing. doing your research. What we're talking Absolutely. about right here, watching this right here, would tell you that we wouldn't shoot if you're shooting 35, 40 pounds at start. Don't be shooting a mechanical broadhead. Right. Don't risk it. And but and at the same that that also is one little thing. The other thing that drives me up a wall is they're trying. People will. Flat out tell you, you're an unethical hunter if you shoot mechanical broadheads. That's BS. It, that drives me up a freaking yeah, wall. That's not right. At all. And the other thing that goes with that, too, is outlawing a mechanical broadhead. That, yeah. that to me, that's like if you if there is a reliable source to be able, that's going to give you a better cutting, cutting diameter, as long as you're putting your arrow in the right spot. From what you what, and I saw this year, tracking... That was I the would rather pe- thing ever. see people shooting an expandable. No kidding. And so what Easton and I are talking about. So one, I think is what you're trying to say is that if you're a new for new archers out there, as long as you meet the specifications of enough Poundage. kinetic energy to open up mechanical broadheads, don't don't be afraid of don't them. Don't be shying away. Yes, I think it's better for them honestly because the chances of that flying accurately and as long as they put in the work to make sure they're shooting good and them hitting where they want to, opposed to just putting on a mechanical is a lot better because there's a whole bunch of them that probably don't understand that they need to shoot a mechanical a whole bunch. Um, so I think that their odds of killing something ethically is probably better with an expandable. But what Easton and I did this year, tracking became legal in Iowa. for uh, So him and I were both 
tracking deer for people, and we were getting tons of calls. With our dogs. Yeah, tracking with dogs. Yeah. We, we, weren't, we weren't running around with our noses to the ground <laughs> or anything. But We're not that good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> we can't do what those African guys do where they freaking – They just the look at the ground, and, and they're like, yep, there it is. <laughs> uh, so East and I were running a bunch of tracks. Were you asking your guys what they were shooting them with? A lot of times I did. Yeah. And a lot of them were shooting fixed plates. Me too. Um, and the biggest thing – I'll tell you, the number one reason that most of my guys weren't finding stuff is just because it – it's a bad shot. They didn't hit it good. And two, or they had they just had no idea. Like, they had no clue what happened. They don't know if I, they ate it low. They didn't know if they ate it high. They had, all they know is that they couldn't find their arrow, and maybe there was some blood. The two biggest things that we, me and you have, we talked about it so much. You've done some with Dan tracking and stuff, too. But this year, we're taking Christo. We got a huge variety of seeing different good shots, bad shots, where people are saying. The biggest one was... I hit him high and a oh, little yeah. back. Well, you might we when we find him, we find that deer laying there, and it's not it's not even within a foot of where they said they actually hit it. And that's nothing to take away from them because one, I know how it is when you, especially when you get that rush, you don't always know where that arrow hit perfectly until you've got a lot of experience where you yeah. can really control that or have a camera with you to be able to turn around and look at it again. That's a great thing about filming. But the other thing too is they're saying that it's they know where to shoot stuff and they. Aren't even, they, they, they can't hit where they're saying it's a broadhead's fault, but they just flat out had a bad shot. They're like, oh, I hit him perfect. But no, it's not a good shot but at that, all. I believe, and I think it's, and I think you guys would be able to, my testament for it, it's teachable. It and is very is teachable. That you, when, the moment that that deer, when you fire that arrow, there's certain things you do. And the one thing that I tell everyone, you do nothing. You stand perfectly still. You're perfectly quiet. I'm talking about you're not reaching for your phone to text anybody yet. You're not talking to someone if they're with you. You're just standing there, and it's almost like you're holding your breath, and you're trying to figure out, do I see an arrow sticking out of the deer? What do I remember? What did it sound like? Where did he run? Where is he standing last? What do I see in here? And, and I can't tell you how many times we've seen or heard a deer fall. Yep. You know, and we thought, oh, well, we didn't hit him that good because same thing. Sometimes you can't tell. Sometimes the lighting changes and an arrow gets there too quickly, and <coughs> you don't know. Um, that's where we are pretty fortunate that we have, we cameras, have cameras in there, you know. Yeah. But the cameras have proved us way wrong many times. Yeah, for sure, where, where we think we hit it. Yes. Yep. Um, I, I guess I would wonder, and there's no way to know this, and, again, we're not going to put stuff out there that says, um, you know, Easton ran X amount of tracks, and out of those tracks, he had six bad hits, and those six bad hits were all from a fixed blade broadhead, and they didn't know where they were hitting. That's not what we're saying. See, what we're what we're saying is that out of those fixed blade broadheads, though, it doesn't seem like their consistency is the same. They're not putting the arrow closer to where that kill zone is, and I wonder if that is because they haven't practiced with that broadhead, and they were shooting field points really well and now all of a sudden they're in a situation where they're trying to kill this deer and the arrow and let's just say they miss by three or four inches because of nerves but then the arrow is another six inches off now you're nine or ten inches away see but the thing about that is is it's i'm i'm going off with a mechanical or a fixed blade with tracking they i'm not even taking a side on it i i like shooting mechanicals obviously we've all said that but when i'm going to track a deer it's down to like okay did you, are we tracking this deer right now because you made a good shot or you're attacking this deer right now because you didn't know where you hit it. And I don't, I agree with what you're saying with a fixed blade. Now, granted, you could be off with a mechanical, too, because Absolutely. of your nerves. Everybody can. It's a, it's a risk you're taking bow hunting in general. But having them not know at all is a massive issue. It all comes back down to you have to place your arrow correctly. You, it does not matter what is sitting, what if it's a mechanical fixed blade. 
you can shoot with a field point if you want. Not legally, but my point is you can shoot with a field point. There's the smallest thing you could get, and if you hit it in the right spot, it's going to be it. lethal. Yep. Every time. And that, that's the other it, argument I hear all the time from uh, these guys that are fixed blades only, that you are mitigating the chances of something going wrong in case you don't make a good shot. And from what I've seen so far, I'd tell you that you have a better chance of recovering something with a marginal hit with an expandable than you do with a fixed blade because the cut is so much bigger. Some of the fixed blade cuts that I've seen are so small. It looks it, like a field point. I think we had one or two of those that we found this year. We're like, Can yeah, you shoot this with a broadhead. Yeah, the li- it's tiny cutting area. Yeah, and so like if you if you're off a little bit, you're screwed. Like, there's just you're not gonna hit anything. Yeah, which sometimes that may be a, that may be better. Good, so it doesn't hurt him yes. at all. Yeah, but I think that you know if you're mid body or something with an expandable. You know, and get a two-inch cut. Maybe you cut the liver and the lung mm-hmm. instead of just one lung or something. Uh, I think that there's – so here's another question for you. How much do you care about pass-throughs? I want one. How much do you mm-hmm. care about them? If I if I get it, I get it. I mean, I, I want to. I, I want, want to be able to drop – I want to be able to blow I want through two, it. I want two holes. I, I want to at least have one. If, if my arrow's sitting in there every time, I'm not going to get a blood trail at all. I've decided so far with a good shot. I don't give a shit about a pass-through anymore. As long as I get enough penetration, as long as I know that I'm shooting enough, uh, a decent arrow weight, I'm pulling enough weight and I have a good draw length, or my draw length's enough, that I know that I'm getting, I'm shooting adequate weight to get good penetration, I don't care about pass-throughs anymore. Well, I guess... Because every... I've shot a whole bunch of deer in the last 10 years that I didn't get pass-throughs on, I hit them good. And they still only go sixty yards and flop over. Well, I'm, I guess I'm, I guess to clarify that when you're yeah, if we're you talking said what wounded. I want. No, I knew you're saying what do I want? I want two holes because I got more blood to more, follow. That's what I'm saying is I want to at least have a hole, right? But so uh, I can I, otherwise you don't well, get you it. You are an a hole. I mean, we all know that. So. <laughs> well, two things <laughs> that though. So what I agree if it's a if it's a marginal hit, then yeah, I want. Right. I would prefer a pass through because I'm going to have better odds well, of blood. But but hold on, I'm not worried. I guess to kind of go where you're talking about, if I want a pass through, great, and then I don't get it. If I know, if I can see where my arrow went in, and I feel like I'm double lung this deer, or I went through the heart and lung, I'm not worried. Any, I'm not worried that it that I'm not going to find them. I mean, some of the last few deer that I've shot, uh, you know, didn't go all the way through. The, the last elk I shot was hanging by a fletching. To be know, honest with you, though. For the guys that don't have a camera sitting with them, it's probably better if you're making good shots to not have it go all the way through. Because that that means when it's running away, if you do are doing it's what you're talking still about, still tearing up you can, more tissue. One, it's tearing a lot of it up, and two, you can act. You have see the it. next however many seconds it's in sight to be able to see where your shot actually is. Well, and the thing about it though too, that from what I've started paying attention to, on all of the hits where it's not guts or something like that, with expandables like a two blade, the cut is so freaking big. <laughs> the arrow is out. not <laughs> plugging anything yeah. because the cut is gaping huge and they're bleeding all over everything anyways. So I don't really that's care like, if it goes through all of them. I that's what I'm saying. All the ones that aren't go back and look at our video. All the ones that aren't in, in the guts or somewhere that doesn't bleed. If it's one side, I mean, it's still just blood everywhere. Well, and, the, and I think that's the thing is, is the, is the fixed blade or the mechanical going to make up for when you don't hit them where you're supposed to? Which one's going to help you more? 
and mechanicals have a bigger cutting diameter. The chances of you still reaching, meaning you don't hit the dead center of the lungs, but you maybe still nick it because you have a two inch or two and a half inch cutting surface. That could that could depend too though on where it goes in. Absolutely. That was just gonna say, you know, yep. Yeah. So there's I don't, I don't remember the last time I had an arrow not go through though. So I don't my buck this year didn't go through. And and that blood on the tree was it yeah. It I think I saw video. Like it looked like it was painted. Mine didn't yeah. go through, but he fell in sight. <laughs> Mine, I yeah, I seriously don't remember the last one I haven't shot through. And I'm that, fine with that. I'll, I'll keep shooting through. Well, I'm my, okay with that. My but deer I, this year is a perfect example because well, I shot my deer this year at seven yards. I was way above him, so the arrow like goes in next to his spine. Arrow stuck in him, and Colby and I followed uh, the yellow brick road, friggin' just blood everywhere, and then it was. When we about got to him, just like painted all over this trees, right? But and there wasn't sh- two holes. But you shot clean through your elk. Yeah, I did shoot clean through my elk with an expandable broadhead. Yep. And I'm trying to remember. <clears> I have to ask Eli. Eli did, did when wasn't mine hanging by the fletching? I think because I thought my arrow was a few yards. I didn't couldn't see it because it went all the way through. But um, but now you want to talk about a blood trail? What about your oryx? The oryx didn't go all the way through, but um, and how much penetration did you get? Oh, probably. 18, 20 inches, um, but I hit it in the spine. I was going to say, you didn't hit it. I hit bone. Either. No, yeah. I, it ducked as I was sh- shooting. You watch the thing start yeah, to roll. Hit him in the, I hit it right, in the, right behind the shoulder. You hit him in shore. the spine only because he rolled, though, exactly. right? Exactly, yes. Yeah. And which that's So you entered low still. I entered mi- kind of like I'm Mid-night. aiming at the lower third, and I hit, hit the middle of the third, but, he, but she was flipping. And so when it goes in there, but it angles up and hits her right in the spine, knocks her feet out from underneath yeah. her. And so then I just put another arrow in it. But, I mean, that's an African animal. And I'm hunting it with, a, with an expandable broadhead and never had any doubt in my mind that as long as I put my arrow where I needed to, that I could kill that animal. And so... I knocked her off her feet. Yeah. <laughs> that wasn't the intentional shot. No, <laughs> it was not. <laughs> it didn't. It worked. But I'll out. take it after yeah. 103 degree temperature and 30 yards. I mean, we got what... And, and maybe that's the thing is... Um, I, I would love to sit here and try to tell people we're such good shots, and that's why you need to li- listen to us. And and you guys are good shots when it comes to shooting targets. I'm not. I never have been. I, I mean, I can shoot a bow okay, but I'm not a great shot. I can't sit out there and drill dots at 50. I can't even see that far hardly anymore. So now, what? but I have always, what I will, that means i got to be a better hunter. Mm-hmm. It means i got to get it within close distances to make those shots. And out of those 300 animals, I've only got two that I've ever touched 50 yards at, you know, and, and the rest <laughs> of them are under that. And most of them are uh, under like 20. Most, most of my elk are under 30. And that's a whole nother podcast too. Yeah, well, yeah. Effective. But at the same time, I don't care how accurate you are. He's one of the best shots I know on, in targets in general, just in general hunting too. And you are the best shot a person that makes consistent shots on animals in general. I've ever met. We've met tons of people that are, have been hunting for years and years. But for him, being the best shot I've ever ever shot with on targets, it doesn't matter. You, the whole entire adrenaline that you're having with an actual hunting, you're going to make a mistake at some oh, point. For sure. The person that sit there and sits there, you've told us this from when we were little kids, it says, oh, I've never missed, I've never missed one before. They either haven't hunted or they haven't killed very many. Yeah. Because or the, or you're be gonna make a mistake one. at some point. Or they're just a liar. Like juice? Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a third option. Yeah. yeah. Juice for you? Juice is the only one I ever watched that just Shook flat me. rattled your cage. Yep. And and every time he was just, I could see it. I was like, Dad, what are you doing? Like, 
Okay, oh, let's a, shoot. All yeah. right. Oh God. Oh God. He's <laughs> I was at full draw. Well, I was at full draw on him like seven times before I finally released an arrow because I couldn't convince myself I had a good shot at him. Well, well you that. just you could just tell he he gave you he gave you the adrenaline we all want. Oh, you know, yeah, you for just sure. messed got you so excited well, I, that everything you knew just went out the window. Yeah. There's another one too, though. There's I, I'm 22 Ooh. and you're 26, and I don't know about you, but in 22 years of hunting with you. I've only known a two. Juice is one. The other one is Bushy Beard. Oh, yeah. The one freaking turkey he hunted for years, knowing which one it was, and finally messed it up. And that's the only one that got to him. Yeah, and, and I mean, but I it happens. The fact that's that the he thing. was willing to spend 12 hours in a blind to shoot a turkey in the first place. with only The only thing he had with him was Oreos and no decoys. <laughs> and no calls. Yeah. And mom. Yeah, just sitting there I snacking on Oreos. she did that. She read through two books. That was why we were getting out. She was done with the second book. She's going to get another and one. I'm like, he's here. He's actually finally, six in the morning to seven in the evening. Like Good Voluntary. Solitary turkey confinement. ain't worth it, man. I, I ain't uh, doing that so, for a turkey. <laughs> so, I mean, I think all of that is a testament that Better have we, money strapped we, to his beard or something. <laughs> yeah, no that. It's a testament to that I love it, that we all love it, that we do it, that we have put in that um, amount of, you know, I would. We don't. We're not doctors or lawyers, or we're not able to do a test in a building. I'm not. I'm not arguing that fact for a broadhead. What I'm saying is that we've gone hunting with them, and they've worked, and they continue to work, and they'll continue to work. And could there be an issue? Yes. Can you mitigate that? Yes, by paying attention, making sure that you're taking care of your equipment. Um, but actual flight, not one. I've not had one single one open, and that's multiples of different companies that I've shot their expandable broadheads. Not one single one has opened on me. Um, so if you have seven, eight, before. nine, ten broadheads that have opened on you, you might, what you are might you doing? be doing something. Yep. You might want to look and see, are you catching something in your quiver? Or are you just not paying attention to your equipment? There's probably something happen if you're having that happen over and over and over and over again. Because yep. we are not the smartest crew, and we've managed to figure out how to keep them close. Speak so. for yourself. <laughs> oh, you know, I'm speaking for smartest. you, too. <laughs> well, here's what I think is going to happen. When a few people hear this, we're going to get some hate mail. Oh, that's you know? fine. And then, two, we're going to get someone that's going to say, I'd like to talk to you guys about that. So That's what we want, though. Yeah. We want to have these discussions. Yeah, with other people. I, I would love to hear, uh, because the thing that I will say is none of us are here to say we are 100% right, and therefore it is what we say it is, and you got to just go with that. That's not, I mean, I'm willing to look at, you know, Sorry. what what is it that some, why does someone, because maybe there's a, there's a reason behind something that we haven't, thought of or that we haven't discussed yeah we're not saying any of this but is fact we're just telling you our opinion that's that's what drives me nuts though is the amount of people that watch all the shows and everything that and all these people that are influential and in what people are shooting and why they're shooting it is they're saying you have to do this you have to do that the people that are pushing it outlaw mechanical broadheads because they're unethical people that are like that's not fair to you do your research you know how to operate your bow you know how to set your arrows up if you want to shoot a fixed blade, shoot a fixed blade. If you're comfortable shooting a fixed blade, I support that 100%. If you're comfortable shooting a mechanical, do that. But all these people that are saying, no matter what, shoot a fixed blade because mechanicals aren't reliable. Just well, flat out, that uh, that's not even that's not we even can show you thing. hundreds. That is, we, yeah, hundreds we, we have the statistics of what he, hundreds of videos, right. hundreds of kills that show. St if you if you can take that and still decide to shoot a fixed blade, that's great. Do that. Just make sure you take your precautions of setting it up correctly and everything and be an ethical hunter. Nobody's sitting here telling you you have to shoot a mechanical. 
you have to shoot a fixed blade. But my biggest pet peeve is the people that do say that. Like, well, I'll go one step further, though, because what I would tell you is we won't show you the clips of the kills. We'll show you the clips of the ones that we didn't kill and why we're not blaming the broadhead. Yeah, and, you can look at any of them. Well, and the fact is I'll put our success rate up against just about anyone that I know. I mean, and I'm not saying that an argumentative or I'm saying that we're better than other people. I'm just saying that we're taking ethical shots as much as we can. We still make mistakes. We still lose an animal here and there. But I don't think we're losing as many as what maybe the average archer is losing. It's called setting yourself up for success, not failure. Yeah, so I think the few things you could take away from that is, one, all we're saying is do your own research and work. Do whatever works best for you. If If you've been convinced, though, that, Somebody's telling you that fixed blades are the devil. Don't listen to them. Just like Bobby Boucher. Don't listen to them. Uh, <laughs> you know, because his mom always said I that. know. <laughs> I can't believe you're quoting the water boy right now. I love that movie, dude. Yeah, and you know, you know what happens is eventually no there, one knows that's, what you're talking that's about. Gonna be the first, that's going to be the first comment on here. Oh, well, fixed blades hit like Bobby Boucher. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> You want to be like the water boy? You better shoot a fixed boy. You don't talk about my mama <laughs> like that. <laughs> guys are uh, but the number one thing is just accuracy. Work on shooting your bow and then take shots that are that are ethical and in your range. I mean, it's yep. really pretty simple, I think. The, the one place that we did not discuss that you probably will run into it, and I'll, I speak from um, experience, and that is there are some guides out there. Now we're down to one state. There's only one yeah, state Idaho. that has banned the expandable broadhead. The only one that's left is Idaho, and they still won't let you. But but the other place is going to be an outfitter. Mm-hmm. You want to go hunt with an outfitter, and there's some of them that will still tell you, absolutely not, you cannot shoot an expandable broadhead if you're coming to hunt with me. And when I outfitted in Montana, I had people that were always nervous to tell me when I say, what broadhead are you shooting? I wasn't asking them that question to go, oh, you're shooting an expandable broadhead. I was asking simply because I was just wondering what they were shooting, just comparing to everyone else. It's curious to know, too. It's, Absolutely. It's fun to find out what everybody's shooting, especially when, when you're guiding how many different people you had come Absolutely. in Absolutely. Well, I think that's why broadheads get so – people get so attached to them because they've either had an absolute horror story or they've had – once you find something like that, then, then they stay to it. So they've it's either worked really, really well or it's been an awful – but experience, it, and so then those that person rotates until they find something else, and then once they find that though, they are they are stuck on it. You won't get him off the broadheads he's shooting ever. You won't get. I, I'm open to a few, but still not. You wouldn't get find me venturing very far on broadheads either, because once you find something that works, you don't want to leave that. Absolutely, but when but when you've shot enough of a bunch of a type. Yeah. And maybe you're there. The the one that the horror if you're having horror stories and you're having horror stories with multiple broadheads, maybe it's time to look at yourself. And and the shots you're taking. Yep. Yep. Because <clears throat> that that's and I mean whether and that goes for whether it's a fixed blade or an expandable, yep. it doesn't matter. But And maybe, I think that's what this whole conversation comes down to is people aren't willing to say I that I, 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 I took a up. bad shot or I made a bad shot. Yep. And and it's going to happen. And yeah, that's the the best part about what we're talking about here. The the ones we have wounded, we screwed up. Yeah, we made a bad shot. We well, I'm just trying to think how many have we ever had that we've lost to penetration issues. You had any that the that only one had one, hasn't she? And uh, that axis deer. Well, yep. I can think of two. Oh, yep, yep. 
but it was yeah, a fault. But it was a faulty arrow. Not a, I, I. I say broadhead, but honestly, the outsert. On, the outsert. That was when outserts had bent. just been. Yeah, yeah. And that so was. When, I had that happen on that turkey. That very first yeah, turkey. Yeah, he was shooting the same Oh, yeah, one. yours. So, yes. Yep. So, that was when outserts first came out on arrows, and, and he shot a axis deer and hit it right in the shoulder, and the outsert actually broke. So, that was you couldn't blame that one on the broadhead, really, either. No. Uh, I've never had a penetration. I think the only one I can think of, and it, but it was with a fixed blade, not an expandable, was Alyssa's two years ago. That one that she hit, that decent uh, tall 10. Kind of yeah. by the house, yeah, okay. uh, yep. and hit him in the shoulder. Yeah, hit him in the in the. And it didn't go in, in the right. cap of the shoulder there, and that was a fixed blade. So that one was just a matter of she's just not pulling not enough right, weight, right? Not just not pulling enough weight, and and then didn't hit him where she needed to. The, the animals I've ever wounded have been poor shot, poor shot placement, and yeah. no matter where I've put them, they've always had penetration. Yeah, I'm trying to think if I've ever had any that I hit. And and penetration was the only thing that I had a problem with. My my only penetration issue was the one was the axis deer, and I was people. Everyone told me it's like an African animal; their vitals are moved forward. So I aimed at the shoulder. They're tough too. Yeah, but I put that sucker right on his shoulder, and it bounced right off, just like he hadn't even mm-hmm. been touched. And we watched him walk off. Like, okay, I don't know what's at that water hole, but I'm not going back there anymore. <laughs> that, was, that was something pointy. <laughs> that was yeah. a strong bee. And then so and like then he the, shot him with a Nerf gun. <laughs> It really did. It was a Nerf gun with a little, little, little needle on yep. it. Yeah. It w- I, well, I told him, I was like, I, that bounced off because he was looking through the camera and he's like, yeah. what? And I'm like, I'm telling you, we're going to go up there. My arrow's going to be laying right there. And we went up there and there wasn't even any blood. I mean, it didn't, but you could see the outsert was crinkled. And That's I was so like, weird. what the heck? You know? But n- then a lot that of people were having on, that issue. That's what we ended up on trend. Out. Yeah. <laughs> a lot <laughs> of it, too. <laughs> he's awfully Roy lucky. How many people, though, after that did you find, did we find that were having the same issue? I mean, well, maybe it became a big thing. The company ended up coming out and saying that they were having issues yeah. with that. And and so since then, a lot of your outserts have, they slipped down over the arrow f- shaft farther yeah. and they stabilized it. Or they have like a collar that comes yeah. over, yeah. And so they've solved that issue. But that was an issue. Well, they say those are penetrate better. Yeah. Which my, I've been no shooting those airstrikes and they penetration wise, they've been freaking awesome. Uh and I I'm shooting the kinetic but they're chaos. Like half out, I think, technically. Yeah, that the the only thing with the kinetic chaos is they're a little thicker of a shaft, but that uh, the little outsert and then the collar that comes over it is still wider than the shaft of the arrow. Well I shoot so the hundred, theory hundred on that pro is the standard regular insert and yeah, I'm not having no problem too. within with you know penetration issues on big game animals, on turkeys, nothing. So all right. Well, I think we've covered this topic until we've. Um, oh, we're like gonna, said, we're gonna uh, get a lot until we've <laughs> irritated somebody. Probably we'll there's, be back. There's, some, there's, gonna, there's someone in their car right now going, "You mother!" Uh, I just, <laughs> they're, they're freaking. Gonna, they're yeah. having road rage and ain't even because of the road. Yeah. <laughs> they're they're yelling at us. Just we're not responsible if you take that out on someone else. You know, and that's not up to us. Yep. But. Uh, no, but, w- I mean, we want you to shoot us a message. We want to hear about it. We want I hope to know. we do come back to this topic, So, yeah. we, and hopefully we have somebody that we can come in sit that, down that, and talk you know, to that with. That says, hey, it. I'm I won't shoot an expandable, and tell me why, and I'd love to hear. The whole point of this podcast is to see both sides. Well, Whether and, we agree with it or not, we want to yeah. show everything. Preferably it's somebody that has shot, like, that. more than one deer or something, Absolutely. you know. Like, if you're going to come explain to us why you're a hardcore fixed blade, like they said, we'd love to hear it, but 
have at least some information to yeah. be able to present. I, th- I think the best thing that we're hoping that comes out of these podcasts is that we learn something too. Yeah. You know? um, and we're open-minded to that yeah. too. Like if there's something that we're not paying attention to or we just haven't tried, that's great. Open-minded going into this and just the, our expertise and our experience that we've had to be able to take that and help other people. And same thing with somebody that comes in that doesn't, that knows more about something that we don't have any idea about. The whole point is just to teach everybody listening. So, yep. so we can all, all learn something. We can all be better. So without a doubt. So how do we, they, how do they find these podcasts? Where do they go? I'm not sure yet. Anywhere you can we'll find th- podcasts. We'll, we'll <laughs> tell you that later. <laughs> we'll get we'll, there. We'll have to record something at some point that says, find our podcasts on yeah, YouTube, Spotify, raised, whatever we end up. Raisedpodcast.com. Yeah, we'll have our own platform. Where would you want them to message into, though? Uh, shoot us a message to Raised Hunting or Raised Outdoors. Yeah, on Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, we're on all the social TikTok. media platforms. Okay. Just message you us. You still have Twitter? Or email us. I don't think we have Twitter anymore, do we? We do, but I haven't checked in like six years. Yeah, so do Facebook or Instagram. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be the easiest. If you want an answer. Hey, now or go to our now website and call us. Twitter, I might get back on there, but yeah, that'd there be go. the only reason. Yep. Cool. All right. Thanks for listening. Later. I found a tick on you, Christo.